Live from Nashville, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I can see you got your eye on this old cowboy. And I can tell you never had one for your own. Oh, you never been around one. Now you're thinking that you found one. Well, it might be kind of fun to take him home. You giggle every time that I say yes, ma'am. And I get this feeling if I held you tight. You'd be seeing his and hers. Buckles, boots, and spurs. But that feeling you'll get over, over, night. Cause what you gonna do with a cowboy? When that old rooster crows at dawn. He's lying there instead of getting out of bed and putting on his boots and getting gone. What you gonna do when he says, honey, I got a half mind to stay. What you gonna do with a cowboy when he don't saddle up and ride away? It takes a special kind of woman To put up with the life a cowboy leads Cause his boots are always muddy And his beer drinking buddies They'll camp out on your couch and never leave Don't even start to think you're gonna change him You'd be better off to try to rope the wind <laughs> What he is is what you got And he can't be what he's not And honey, you can't hide him from your friends so what you gonna do with a cowboy When that old rooster crows at dawn When he's lying there instead Of getting out of bed Putting on his boots and getting gone What you gonna do when he says Honey, I got a half a mind to stay What you gonna do with a cowboy When he don't saddle up and ride away yeah, what you gonna do with a cowboy when he don't saddle up and ride away? What you gonna do with a cowboy? That's Chris Ledoux and Garth Brooks to kick things off today on the Campfire Cafe. I'm your host, Gary Holt, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Miss Bobby Gale, Bobby, little Bobby, I'm, 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 I can get this out in just a minute. Bobby Jean Bell, my co-host. Good morning. That's that question. Who are you? We ask each other. I, I need, I need more coffee. I think I need more coffee. I think I need more coffee. Good morning, Bobby well, Jean Bell. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Holt. I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. We've got a beautiful day going here, and we're so excited about our first guest and getting things underway. How about you? Well, we are excited for our first guest today, and we have beautiful weather here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, we had a big, big, well, we've got a big week going on. We've got the Americana Music Festival that's going on right now. Here in Nashville, and uh, last night they had the Americana Music Awards. Last year, somebody gave me tickets for that, and I guess they didn't like me this year because I didn't get tickets oh. for the Americana oh. Music Festival Awards show. But I did watch it, 
and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a pretty good show. They had some very talented folks. One of the highlights was Bonnie Raitt that was there performing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she won Song mm-hmm. of the Year. But I'm going to ask you, Bobby, are you familiar with the husband and wife duo War and Treaty? Uh, no, I am not. I've only read about them. I've never seen them or anything. I've read about them. I am telling you what. They performed at the ACM Awards show the other day, and that just blew me away. And then they performed last night and blew me away again. Two of the most super talented people you will ever see. And uh, won an award last night at the uh, Americana Music Awards. But look up Warren Treaty. You will absolutely love them. You will absolutely love them. They are not the same as our first guest today, and we absolutely (laughs) love this guy. So tell us who's joining us on the Campfire Cafe. (laughs) Oh, we have... We ha- we just we're just gonna say his name and then we'll get talking to him shortly. We have John Chandler on the line and we are very excited that he's back with us. We are excited to have John joining us on the show today. I think we both have a little tongue twisting thing going on, I believe. But uh, <laughs> anyway, more coffee, more caffeine, we'll be okay. And then in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America. We have some folks from Town, New Mexico, that are going to be joining us. So everybody is out west, New Mexico, Colorado, uh, today, except for me being here in Nashville. But it is Suzanne DeLorenis and Alan Pogue, husband and wife, and they have Imagine a Horse Trick and Liberty Training. So we're going to have a great time visiting with them on Saddle Up America. But right now, let's listen to a great song from Mr. John Chandler called Through the Gap. We, when we come back, we'll be talking with John today on the Campfire Cafe. Through the gap, down the arroyo, cool water and long sweet grass, fresh hot, a place to go. Red wall shine, high as a fever, warm as a mother's love. On the day that you leave her Lonely rider in the morning mist Hell-bent for the rim to the west A bowler hat and a saddlebag full of cash And a pistol he'd rarely used Except the times when he'd had to choose between a hole in the wall and a hole six feet in the ground. Through the gap, down the arroyo, cool water and long sweet grass, fresh home, a place to go. Red wall shine, high as a fever, warm as a mother's love on the day that you leave her. Through the whole they hide away and keep the wolves at bay Till the next payroll comes rolling down the railroad line Thirty faces ring 
the campfire's light Tall tales on a moonlit night A guitar and a bottle of old Yellowstone A place where ghosts run free The wild bunch and the Shoshone A feeling that you should have been here a hundred years ago Through the gap Down the arroyo Cool water and long sweet grass Fresh home, a place to go Red wall shine Hot as a fever Warm as your mother's love On the day that you leave her Through the gap Down the arroyo Cool water and long sweet grass Fresh home, a place to go Red wall shine Hot as a fever Warm as a mother's love On the day that you leave her Through the gap Down the arroyo Cool water Long sweet grass Fresh house A place to go Red wall shine Hot as a fever Warm as a mother's love On the day that you leave her the award-winning Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Through the Gap by John Chandler from his album, Maybe It's the Moon. A seventh-generation Coloradian, today's featured guest, John Chandler's music and stories reflect his heritage, his 10 CDs, two novels, two nonfiction works, and numerous short stories and nonfiction articles are collected by Western lifestyle aficionados worldwide. His music has been described as both literate and literary, as Chandler writes and sings of the historic and contemporary West. I particularly like this quote of poet Daryl Arnold. It's very difficult to categorize John Chandler's music. It is Western, sort of, because Chandler is a man of the West, but it is also at times Americana, progressive country, folk, Southern bluegrass, and balladesque. Regardless, listening to any John Chandler album is a beautiful musical experience. Please welcome back to Campfire Cafe, award-winning author, songwriter, performer, and our friend, John Chandler. Welcome, John. Good morning, Bobby. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic here. So it's just a, it's a wonderful day in Denver as well. Looks like we've got um, good weather and blue skies all over the all over the country today. It's about time. It's about yeah. time. Good morning, John. <laughs> Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, we have had a lot of rain here in Tennessee. No, no real flooding. Some areas got a little flooding, but there have been fires, floods. And, uh, man, I just got depressed the other day watching everything that's going on around the world with all of the all yeah. of the earthquakes and the volcanoes. And, uh, wow, wow. We count ourselves lucky here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I would expect you do there in Denver as well. That we do. That we do. There's no doubt about it. So since you have been on the show the last time, what has John Chandler been up to? 
Oh boy, I tell you what, you know the um the uh demise of the pandemic um opened up a lot of things again as you well know. And so yes, sir. Uh, all of a sudden the past two years have been very busy with with performances all over the country, which is which is really nice. Um you know, in fact the song you just played through the gap, um we uh we held our that's the theme song for my group that I've been involved with since I was a very young man called uh, the Hole in the Wall Gang, and we uh, we go up to Wyoming each year, and and the, we had our um, the, it was the gang's 46th annual ride this year. Oh wow! And, uh, I got got the trailer all ready to go up there, and then uh, then came down with COVID and spent it on the couch here in Denver instead. So, so but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw so, that. I saw that I on your Facebook it. page. I felt so badly for you. Oh, it was crazy, <laughs> but I I don't know if I picked if I picked if I picked the. Uh, the COVID up in Pennsylvania or Iowa or Nebraska or or <laughs> New Mexico or, or in Vail, <laughs> where I played for over the, the, the preceding couple of weeks. So, um, like I like I say, there's just a lot going on right now, and a lot of a lot of people that want to come out and hear live music and yeah. and, uh, and 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 see see people on stage again. So it's been it's been a real gratifying couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. were you. I was just going to say, um, it was so delightful to see you in uh, Santa Clarita in April. Yeah, that was great. What? That's that's one of my very very favorite gatherings. It's just a, <laughs> it's an absolute ball, and plus it's a beautiful place too. Yeah, that was fun, and of course they kind of rebirthed it this year, having it all down, you know, on Main Street. But isn't that little theater that um, the main theater a wonderful venue? Just a, I know it was. I know it was a little intimate. I think there were lots of folks that wanted to get in there because um, it only has 81 seats, I think. But what a, it's a fabulous it was venue. Small. It was very small, but it was really, like you say, it was intimate and it was really gratifying. So it was really nice to be in there and playing with, with you know, my, my great friends, you know, like like Dave Staney and, and Mike Fleming and people like that. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see you. Thank you. I, you know, I kind of, I kind of like those intimate rooms to be playing in. You know, I instead of instead of stadiums, you know, I I won't go. I will not go to a to a stadium event at all. But uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I live yeah. I live probably twenty minutes say from uh, Red Rocks Amphitheater, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I, the most place is so dear to my heart that you can't imagine. But I have not been there in years because it, the, the crowds are just are just sometimes out of control. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. So uh, give me a give me a little Bluebird Cafe type thing where they've got less than 100 <laughs> seats in there, or there you, you go. know, yeah. some of these yeah. some of these deals. I want to get to a song that I absolutely love, and uh, it's Geronimo's Men. Tell us a little bit about this song. Sure. Um, I have a good friend named Ray Lejeune. He's, uh, he's, uh, his ancestry is a riot. His dad was Cajun and his mom was Mexican. And he's just an amazing, an amazing guy. He's a real renaissance man. And he comes up with uh, lyrics now and again. So he sent me this poem. He had read Sandra Day O'Connor's uh, um, biography in which uh, um, Geronimo had stolen um, 40, 45 horses from, from her grandfather, and they, then they, they had a, a big to-do and went and got most of them back, I think. But in any event, Ray said, that just brought this up. So he started writing out some lyrics, and then I, I, I sat down and edited them and added a chorus and came up with a, 
with a nice little um, equestrian equestrian beat to it, and uh, it turned into a really nice thing. We we debuted that at the uh, National Cowboy Poetry Gathering in Elko, Nevada, to great success. So this is one of my favorite songs as well, Gary. It is an awesome song. This is Geronimo's Men. We're talking with John Chandler today on the Campfire Cafe. I lost 45 horses to Geronimo's Men. They caught me sleeping when they snuck in It's gonna be hard to explain this one All I can say is the Apache one Running ponies make a time test They lit out for the boat of Mexico bus Singing victory songs in the pale moonlight if I had me a horse, I could give him a fight. I lost 45 horses to Geronimo's men. The boss of this spread is as mean as sin. All I can do to make amends is find 45 horses and Geronimo's men. And Geronimo's men.
and Geronimo's man. And Geronimo's man. about these musicians i know ernie martinez was on there give us give us a rundown yeah. on the performers there with you yeah that was a little trio um that we we, we play occasionally it's called john chandler and the wichitones and it's uh it's ernie martinez on anything with strings on that particular cut he's playing mandolin <laughs> and then butch hawes on bass so and um butch a lot of people might know for his uh, work as a recorder and a sound man as well as a, a bass player for a lot of people from baxter black to you name it Oh wow, wow! Well, that is absolutely awesome, Geronimo's men. But um, we have a little segment that we've started doing, Bobby, and you know what this is. This is one called Road Stories, and uh, we've had a group of performers over to the house and people sitting around the dining room table just telling some tales, some that could be told on the air and some not. Uh, but a tales being on the road. So how about sharing something with us? Kind of PG would be okay. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to, and, and most of them are, probably aren't shareable, as you know. Um, and most of them have to do with drummers. So I, I don't know why drummers are crazy on the road, but they are. So, <laughs> but um, you know, one one thing that comes to mind quickly is uh, I I did a a project a couple decades ago for the agricultural community. In in, uh, in in all over the United States, it was basically done for the um, for the uh, oh the uh, American Farm Bureau Federation and people like that, the beef people, pork people, whatever. It was called Keepers of the Flame. It was an homage to America's uh, uh, ranchers and farmers. And for that, for like okay. 18 months, I was on the road. And uh, wow! And so uh, we we played in D.C. a lot, played in Nashville a lot. But uh, so we were hired, and they they asked us to come up and play at the uh, in a in Bucks County, um, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, for the for the uh, Chamber of Commerce, and so they brought us out from Colorado, a six-piece band. Um, they they had us fly into D.C. for some reason, so we got us a, a limo and we went all the way up to Lancaster, and we and we got ready, did the sound check, got ready to play, and it was wonderful, a beautiful dinner, and then they had a, an after-dinner speaker that was going to speak for 15 minutes, and then we were going to be on for an hour. And so uh, everything was great. And the after dinner speaker got on and started speaking and didn't get off. Spoke and spoke, <laughs> spoke and spoke and spoke. <laughs> An hour and fifteen minutes later, people's you know people's faces were in their salad and their jello, and, oh, and they were. Yeah. <laughs> we finally uh, we finally got the guy off the stage. And we went up and played three songs, and uh, that was it. So uh, oh, gosh. occasionally things like that happen on the road in. And you, you you just have to roll with them. It was a it was a wonderful, great payday for not a lot of work. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, that kind of reminds me of uh, I mentioned the Americana Music Festival award show last night, and there were uh, there were a couple of speakers that were just kind of would you please shut up and introduce the next act? You know, oh, oh I've run into that a lot. Yeah. Oh wow. Wow, wow. Well, we're going to get to another song. It's called Maybe It's the Moon, a little bit different from Geronimo's, uh, Geronimo's Men. 
So tell us a little bit about this one, John. This is just kind of a little ditty. It was one of those nice little things sitting around coming up with a nice melody and, and wanted to be a, have a little bit of uh, humor in it. And it's just a, it's a pretty little love song. All right. Maybe it's the moon, Mr. John Chandler.
self-entitled track from the album of the same name. We are with our special guest, John Chandler. John, that's such a wonderful song. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bobby. Um, I want to talk to you for a moment. Well, I also want to take a, a moment and thank you so much for coming on Rendezvous with a Writer with our guest host, Tom Swearingen, um, back a few months ago. And what a wonderful interview the two of you did. It's one of my favorites um, for that series. And thank you so much for stepping in and doing that. <laughs> Anytime. I, you know, Tom has become a good friend. And, and what a talented poet, by the way. And uh, so just uh, talking with him was just like just like all of us sitting around in a room, just uh, yeah. just uh, having a nice little chat, and it was really really yeah. a, a nice thing. I've listened to it back to it a couple times, and I thought we did okay. Yeah, you did, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take just a moment and talk a little bit about your creative process, if we can. Um, I you, you write both songs and, of course, uh, you are an award-winning. Um, Writer, I have your two books, The Spanish Peaks and Wyoming Wind, a novel of Tom Horn sitting right here in front of me. Um, uh, do you, how do you, um, can you share a little bit about, you get an idea and then what do you do with it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, my, I, a lot of my ideas are, are come from, from uh, Western history because I'm a Western guy. I'm a, I'm a seventh generation Coloradan. Just Gary and I were talking, and he's a seventh generation uh, Tennessean, and I, and I'm a seventh-generation Coloradan, and my, my people came here from Georgia on my mother's side in 1850s. And, uh, and so I've, I've, I've had these, these Western legends around me my whole life that, I've, that I knew that were here, and some were famous and some were infamous. And it's, uh, it's just uh, something that's always been a part of me. So I, I start thinking about those things. And my, uh, my novel, The Spanish Peaks, which uh, won the Western Writers of America Spur Award, um, was basically uh, from from uh, that particular aspect of my life where my uh, great grandfather, a guy named Morgan Patterson, um, knew this tracker and and guide and all around mountain man named Tom Tobin, and Tom Tobin had uh, had dispatched the Espinosa gang, um, and uh, and uh, that that particular story is a real Colorado um, real Colorado historical legend and it's a real gem. And so I took that and uh, gave Tom Tobin a, uh, I, gave, I gave him a conscience, which he probably lacked in real life, and changed his name, since it was fiction. And, uh, and so it, and that turned into a really nice thing. But then, according, that that was there, so I had to, I had to uh, go a little further and wrote my song, The Spanish Peaks, which is the theme song for that, for that book. And that's become probably one of my, one of my uh, better known and, and most requested songs as well. So, so mm -hmm. sometimes you just, you just see. You see the things around you historically, or even in a contemporary sense, and and you just write about the the, the colors, the people, the the modes of transportation, the, the 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 reasons for going someplace and doing something. They they just seem to pop up uh, anytime you want them. Mm -hmm. You're you're mentioning Tom Tobin, and I'm listening to that and thinking that sounds familiar. Daryl Arnold Last wrote a week. poem and. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, and uh, Tom Hyatt put it to music. It's on Tom's their new new EP, um, yeah. and I wasn't familiar with um, with that story until talking to them about that um, about the background to that song. So how interesting! <laughs> yeah, Daryl sent that to me, and it's just it's really really a very 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 uh, cool aspect of, of history. Daryl is from 
is from the little town called La Vida, Colorado, which is where my uh-huh. mother's people all, all landed after they came here and helped discover gold and caused the Pikes Peak or Bust Gold Rush. But they uh, they went down to the southern part of the state at the Spanish Peaks. And, and for those of you around the country, if you've not seen the Spanish Peaks of southern Colorado, you've, uh, you've missed it. It's, uh, mm. it's spectacular, beautiful, beautiful yeah. area. So do you ever get writer's block? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. I'm, uh, I'm finishing up a novel called He Was No Hero Now, which is based on one of my songs uh, uh-huh. about the James Gang and how they weren't really very nice people. And, and uh, this, this book I started and I, I, I wrote and probably 10 years ago, and my rewrite has taken, has taken this long. I'm, I'm finally back to it, and I'm just delighted that it took that long because I'm, I'm in a place now where I really can finish it in the way that I wanted to. So, that's really that's interesting. Great. Yeah. You'll have to me. There's sometimes some beeps coming in because every telemarketer in the world has my landline. Oh. <laughs> there we go. That should be enough of them. Uh, gosh. Well, I am going to I'm going to skip a song right now and go to the Spanish Peaks. And we're having a great time visiting with Mr. John Chandler today on the Campfire Cafe. Heard around the world on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. We'll be right back. As the campfire burned to ashes And the moon rose in the sky I woke before the dawn's light A tear ran down my cheek I dreamed of home and family There beneath the Spanish peak On the trail from Santa Fe Where plains and mountains meet And the rivers cut through canyons And the air is fresh and sweet I carved my life in granite I let my roots run deep I found the only peace I've known There beneath the the wind blows hard and heavy, tears the whole right through my soul. And I long to take the road that leads back Who look for answers 
those who look for love Those who look in mirrors Those who look above As I ride this Colorado train It's something else I see The peace found in the valley There beneath the Spanish peak the coyotes lonesome cry echoes the sorrow in my soul And I long to take the road that leads back home On the trail from Santa Fe Where plains and mountains meet And the rivers cut through canyons And the air is fresh and sweet I carved my life in granite I let my roots run deep I found the only peace I've known There beneath the Spanish peak Yes, I found the only peace I've known There beneath the Spanish peak John Chadler, The Spanish Peaks, and we're visiting with John today. Uh, John, you've, you've been around for a while. How many albums do you have now? I have uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I have 10 that are available right now. I'm one that I've retired, and uh, there's okay. 10 that they're uh, working on. And they're all, they're all original except for the last one I did, which was, uh, which was uh, cover songs that I dearly love. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my my question, the reason I asked that question, is how have you seen the music industry change since you got started, and and how are people delivering most of their music today? Yeah. The, well, the the change has been you know huge, obviously. And for those of us who who uh, you don't see on on television weekly or the, or we don't have the the uh, the budgets from from um, from corporations to go out and and uh, have our have our music played and, and, and you know constantly. It's uh, it's 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 probably um, a little a little more of the same than it might have been for for others. But obviously we we've, we've gone from an analog to a digital to a digital platform on everything that we do now. Yeah. Um, CDs or CDs that we sell at concerts are are um, are dipping and they're not selling nearly as good as they used to because people want a digital platform. They'd rather go to your your website or or you know buy a buy a some some other some other way to do it digi- digitally on their computers and on their phones. So um, and I I really um, I'm seeing more uh, especially in in what we do in the in the western aspect of country music. I, I'm seeing a lot of more a lot of live performance type things that that result in sales. Uh, we don't have a lot of a lot of uh, outlets for airplay. You probably never have, but I'm seeing more and more of it happen. Um, once, once in a while, one of the big stars that used to be Waylon Jennings or, or then Garth Brooks will do a, a western or a cowboy song that'll get really huge. Right. For Emmy Lou Harris, right. or something like that, and that always sparks a lot of interest and really, it really makes people um, start looking into the western aspect of things as well. And I think, I think that hasn't changed. That still happens. I'm still, I'm still waiting for a new western song from one of the, one of the uh, hip hop cowboys that are, that are busy in Nashville right now. <laughs> Well, it's you know it's 
interesting job because uh you know i'm I'm probably twenty minutes away from the grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I'm seeing more Western music showing up. Of course, Riders in the Sky are on mm-hmm. every week just about down there. Right. They just had Andy Hedges there. They just had uh, Phoebe Phoebe White was there. They just right. had uh, uh, Walt uh, Wiley Gustafson was there right. not too long ago. And then now you've got the, the Cody Johnsons and the uh, uh, the others that are showing up. You know, with a with a Western background, some Western music getting involved, it looks like an opportunity for more Western music to be exposed. Um, but primarily, we we deal with independent artists, and so sure. and, and that's the way you have you know, to you, you have to do it. Yeah, 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 and and there are more and more outlets like ours available. People to be you know, involved. You know, the last time with, I played, and, the last time I did a show in in Nashville was um, um, at the Station Inn with with Michael Martin Murphy mm. and Jimmy Fisher. And so, I mean, there you those, go. Those, especially when you're in the in, in the heart of the music industry and you can bring that message to those kinds of places, um, it's really important. And I'm really glad to hear that more and more things are are happening. And I know a lot of that has to do with. Uh, with Gary, your work and, and Mary Kay's work, and especially the International Western Music Association, is working really hard to to make sure that that's uh, that that's happening, and more and more people are getting involved, and we're we're getting younger people involved too. Yeah, and and I think that's a big thing. What you just said, getting the younger people involved, is a big thing because people that are my age, we're going to die before too many years, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got to, we've got to replace folks. But uh, yeah, you know, we were, yeah, we were just at the uh, Bluebird. Uh, what was it, Bobby? Last month, I think, with, yeah, last, uh, mm-hmm. with Rex Allen Jr. and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. uh, Ranger Doug was there, and Junie Fisher and was there, and, and, and Bobby Marquez was there, and I got to host. But it oh, was oh, grand. They loved it. That. They loved oh, it. Yeah, yeah, they loved oh. it. So, yeah. So I think we'll see more of that. I think so. I was going to ask that before we got finished, but it's time for John Chandler to be back down here. Well, and uh, yeah, and it's interesting the way that people are delivering their music. I mean, I think you still see people buy music by CDs uh, when you are there. You know, if they come right. to a concert, or but after. Outside of that, there is all downloads, and and I saw something the other day. Mary Kay and the and the girls that she's performing with have done right. postcards, and now it's right. got a QR code on there, and you can just go and they buy the postcard instead of buying a CD. Right. They buy the postcard, and then they can download the entire album right there. So that's exactly. uh, that's going to be that's next yeah, on that, my list. We're we're working on that right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. So the delivery is is changing altogether on That's that. True. So, but I just I just wondered what your opinion was on that and and how things may be changing as well. So, well, I think it, it actually might be getting better, Gary. I mean, that there, um, it's a whole new world after the pandemic, and and people are listening to things they weren't listening to before. So it's a, it's a real opportunity for those of us who who don't have million selling uh CDs out there to to get some to get some ears around our music. Yeah, yeah. 
And and uh, and while I'm I'm harping on that, uh, I think as far as independent artists like people that are in the Western music world need to be utilizing, uh, I'll just say TikTok, and they be need to be utilizing YouTube and putting together some really great video out there right. because you know you can be a complete unknown and then all of a sudden you've got hundreds of thousands of people that are that are paying attention to you. That's true. Just my two cents, Bobby. Yeah, just my two cents. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just my two cents. Hey, we're going to get to some more music right now. And uh, this one is, uh, are you still doing America's Soul? No, well, well, we are. We are resurrecting it. COVID killed America's Soul. Well, hallelujah. Five, um, after 16 hallelujah. years of, uh, of, of uh, a monthly concert series in Denver, bringing people in from all over the country. Um, almost every great national writer came through um, as, they were, as they were passing through, and, and lots of folks, uh, especially on the western end of things. Um, COVID killed it, but I am working now with an Elks Club that uh, they dearly loved it, and they want to resurrect it. And I'm also doing a mountain version uh, at a place called the Stage Door Theater up in Conifer, Colorado. So we're at oh, America's Soul Lives, uh, possibly. So... Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll be talking about that when uh, when we get down to Albuquerque in November with everyone too to let everyone know that they can that they can uh, get a hold of me and see if we can if we can book something. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Well, it just happens that we're getting ready to play America Soul right now. All right. This is John Chandler. I have stood on the mountain. I have walked the valleys down below. I have called the praise name, sung the Delta sweet refrain. I have touched America's soul. I have touched America's soul. There's a town in Mississippi where a man works his fingers to the bone. Then he thanks the stars at night for the blessings of his life. He had touched America's soul A faith that knows no bounds springs from the very ground As sure as seasons change and rivers flow We had touched America's soul
valleys down below I have called the fairies' names from the Delta's sweet refrain I have touched America's soul I have touched America's soul John Chandler from the album. I have a note here, Keepers of the Flame, which I just downloaded this morning. Speaking of downloads. <laughs> <laughs> and John has been our special guest today. John, I know you and your wife get um, get out and do a little bit of travel. It's fun to see on your Facebook page some of the places that you go. Do you have a bucket list? Where where are some some places you'd still like to see in the near future? Oh, absolutely! You know, I just uh, I just uh, a couple of weeks ago I was in I was in uh, upstate Pennsylvania at a, at a house concert. Beautiful out there, in the, you know, forest as far as you could see. And uh, and I talked with a lot of the folks up there, and I, I I would love to because I never have done this see the uh, the fall foliage in New England in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a bucket list, and we're going to try to work out maybe even next year getting a, a few gigs that'll that'll get us through uh, up in that up in that direction. And I I would love to get back and spend some time in the in the in, in the south as well, and and, and I've, I've had so much uh, so much fun and great times in Nashville, and I have some friends down there. We are busy trying to plan a, a house concert thing in Nashville over in, in the next year as well. That would work. Down, oh well, your place, uh, Bobby, getting down to New Mexico and Arizona—that's just that's just heaven for me. I just uh, yeah. I, I love I love yeah. spending all the time down there that I do, and and there's some great places to play now in both states, and I've, I've been lucky to find those. Yeah, I'm a New England girl at heart. Spent most of my years growing up in New England, and this time of year I do I do miss it. Although New Mexico has its own special charms and fall, and of course we call those of you that come as tourists um, to New England during the fall season, you are leaf peepers. <laughs> at least i think in vermont i think vermont is the first time first place that i heard that term <laughs> well, there's a song in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah fun how fun well i think gary probably wants to get another song gary lined up don't you yeah we're gonna get to black horse and uh take a listen to that tell us about that one john well, we, this tune was actually written, and God is my witness, um, in a motel room in Taylor, Nebraska, during a during a, a tornado. Um, oh. oh my God! Uh, yes. oh we my were God. playing at this huge festival out in the middle of Nebraska called the Comstock Festival, and we were opening up for all the big country acts, and and uh, and uh, and I was going to spend some time, hopefully at that time, with uh, with Chris Ledoux, who I'd gotten to know, and that that didn't happen for a lot of different reasons on this particular trip, but. But uh, we needed a we kind of needed a theme song to throw in for this particular uh, for this particular show that we were doing. It's out in the middle of a cornfield, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people would show up for this thing. And so uh, we were busy working on this particular song, Black Horse, and, and all of a sudden it just sounded like a train coming through town. And we looked out, and the trees were going down, and we all hit the floor, and uh-huh. we got back up and oh dusted ourselves gosh. off and finished the tune. So. Oh well, well. 
Wow. Well, let's take a listen to Black Horse. We'll be back in just a moment. I ride a black horse, baby, all across these western plains. I ride a black horse, baby, all across these wild, wild plains. I ride over to the mountains and turn right home again. I see that silver saddle, baby, with syrup of solid gold. I got a bright silver saddle with stirrups of solid gold. I got a diamond hat band and 24 karat soul. I sing my homes out on the range and the chorus of Sweet Baby Jane. I sing I want to go home, but my home is all gone and I'll never see that place again. And I said, see that tumbling down. I'm the toast of the city and the pride of this cow town. All right, boys. Tennessee are pretty phenomenal in the fall as well. 
Absolutely. Red, Absolutely. red and gold and all kinds of colors. And that's going to be happening pretty soon. I mean, we're, we're almost right there. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching the leaves fall in just a little bit. I'm just waiting for those colors to start changing. But anyway, you have been absolutely great. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, for our listeners around the world, tell us how we can find you and find your music and find out where you can be performing. It's very, very easy. It's just johnchandler.com. And it's the first name is J-O-N Chandler. Um, it's uh, not sure for Jonathan or anything. My dad said when I was born, he only thought I'd be able to put together three letters. So, so uh, com, and you can find out anything you ever want to know about me right there. All right. We had somebody on the other day. Who was it, Bobby, that said uh, their last name is .com when they gave us all this information? <laughs> JohnChandler.com. Yeah, Sid, Sid Masters. Sid Masters. Yeah. He said it, yeah, yeah, they had yeah. foresight, and they named him SidMasters.com, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That sounds like Sid Masters, doesn't it, John? Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So I can't wait but, to see him in, uh, in, in Albuquerque as well. Yeah. It'll be fun. Well, John, you have been absolutely great. We appreciate you joining us, and we're going to close out this segment of the show with another one called Colorado Skies. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you.
Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We'll be right back after this song by Mary Kay Holt, one called Horse Love. Grass ain't six bucks a bale now, back feet is up again. The beans and ramen noodles are the same. The shoe is wanting cash now, and grass is getting thin. But the pasture's starting back now from that rain. Payments aren't too bad on my fancy two-horse plant. Sure is dandy hobbing to the trail I'm living in a single wire To afford the things I can Just found another vet bill in the mail I'm pulling on to the end of my road As long as I've got horses I've got horses I've got one of those hearts That don't beat to a drummer It just gallops along Cause I'm a horse lover Sacrifice, and in a heartbeat, I do 
Smart man. Well, I don't know how to say this today. Uh, I, I didn't want to make I didn't want to make a mistake. I, you know, I had a couple of sisters been married more than several times, and I didn't want to make the same mistake they did. So I just waited till the right gal came along. I knew it happened sooner or later. I just didn't know it was uh, going to take quite that long. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Well, let's talk a little bit about Imagine a Horse. Now, the first time uh, that I was uh, familiar with Sue, you had trained a horse for Cheryl Crow named Lady C. And I right. think you were doing something somewhere here in Tennessee. So how did how did you and Cheryl connect? Well, uh <laughs> One day, Cheryl and some friends walked into our boarding barn back in Texas, and my father or grandfather's uh, cattle brand is SC with a quarter circle under it. And when she walked in, she said, oh, man, look at my initials are on that horse. Um, We had a good laugh, and she had some horses, and someone had recommended our place, so she brought them to me. And then... After uh, or over a few years, I spent a lot of time with Cheryl and and with that horse, Lady C, who was um, quite quite an amazing animal. And uh, Cheryl became involved with us in a, an organization called Friends of Sound Horses that is devoted okay. to stopping the soaring of the Tennessee walking horse in our lifetime. And Lady C That's was a, an ambassador horse for them and uh the the story the happy story went on um for many years we lost lady c last fall um oh wow and um cheryl when i was at her place one time she looked at me and she looked at lady and she said she belongs with you so she made that happen I, and and uh we just had a great journey for a lot of years with that that fabulous yeah. uh walking horse mare yeah, I I think I remember when you got her back, and that was pretty special. Pretty special. It was. Yeah, yeah. Awfully hard to lose these horses. I'm telling you what, they become like family. Oh man. I, yeah. I I have buried many many myself over the course of a few decades. So anyway. Well, yeah. Alan, I found you in a book that a friend of mine <laughs> had done. Vaughn Wilson down in Mississippi, and Vaughn had sent me his book, Tell Me About That Horse. And lo and behold, there you were, right there in the center of the book. And uh, and you started out with, with Arabians out in Texas? Yes, yes, I did. I had a sort of inherited a, a growing herd about 1980 that over the next 10 years, I raised uh, 22 of them from birth to adulthood, the old guy that owned them. Uh, uh, he just, he just, he was in the cavalry back in the 1930s, and he just loved coming oh, out wow. and seeing this herd, of, seeing this herd of horses. And so he paid wow. for everything, and I, and this, I, I learned horse care and training by the process of immersion, kind of like being thrown into a swimming deep end of a swimming swimming pool yeah. when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, I had to figure it out on my own, you know, and. Uh, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go to all of these high fancy, you know, clinics with all the popular trainers and stuff. But one, they just didn't come to Austin. And yeah. Yeah. he he had one. He bought a he bought an extremely well bred Arabian colt, 
by the time that guy was about a year old, I realized that he knew a whole lot more about being a horse than I did a horse trainer. So I started, I made friends with out of print book dealers and started buying copies of classic works of equestrian literature that have stood the test okay. of time and just started, you know, a, a, sort of a self-study course. And I had plenty to practice, plenty of horses to practice with. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I kind of grew up watching Roy Rogers and Gene Autry on the TV on Saturday morning. And, uh, like I did. Say that, yeah. Yeah. You and I are probably members of the last generation that'll ever have those kind of guys as guideposts or heroes. Right. Right. And I was just right. lucky enough, just, yeah, I was just lucky enough to be, to do as an adult what we used to think was fun to do as kids. And that's, you know, play with horses. Wow, well, and there was a special stallion, I believe, called Hassan. That's that little colt that the guy bought. Yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah, that was the colt. That mm-hmm. was the colt. And and uh, do you have any of his offspring still? I sure do. We've got the one. Is, we his name is Amharani Hassan, which means the red one, son of Hassan. Wow, 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 wow. Well, now tell us a little bit about Imagine a Horse and how all of that got started. Sue, go ahead and take it. Well, when I met Alan, uh, I was just really shocked and amazed by what he was doing with uh, this stallion and two young mares that were offspring of Hassan. I, I just couldn't believe it. I'd never seen a Liberty Act and most shocking to me is the stallion performed at Liberty in a circus-style act with the two mares. Couldn't believe it. So wow. I said to Alan, you know, uh, why don't we film some of this? And we we started filming, and pretty soon I started writing, uh, which my background was all corporate advertising and sales. And we, we just formulated um, – a a program, and it was called Imagine a Horse because we want people to imagine what is possible with their own horses, no matter what discipline they're currently in. And as time went on, we raised more horses, and the program became more and more defined. And I guess you write it, and they will come because that's what happened. We uh, had a steady stream of people coming down our our driveway, and we got invited to to do all the big horse expos. We traveled for ten years, and um, it was it, it was just amazing. And the people we've met, and the horses that we have have known and have history with, it it just honestly all seems like a dream a lot of the times. Uh, Gary, we've been very very blessed with our work in Imagine a Horse. Well. Well, and I imagine that it has changed uh, definitely horses' lives, but I imagine the people that own them, their lives have changed as well. Yeah, we we have seen a lot of, on, honestly, um, miracles happen with the relationship with folks and their horses. And first of all, you have to have a willing person, okay? A willing person uh, that is willing to listen to their horse and also to to think outside of the proverbial box. And our program is so easy to understand, both for people and for horses, that it's it's always successful. I mean, it's always successful, which is the beauty of it. 
And I think the reason for that is everything is broken in down into the tiniest, tiniest try and reward the horse for the try. Um, it, it's just so easy to understand. A lot of programs go too fast, too soon, and a horse gets lost. And sometimes yeah. folks don't know how to go backwards in those steps. And so we really stress slow, incremental, and kind of our, our slogan is slower is almost always faster. There you go. I can, I can understand that. I can certainly understand that. Well, now, you have a new program that you're getting started, don't you? Beginning in October? Ooh, we do. I'm sorry, I missed we- that. And now I say I beginning in October, would you like to share oh, a little bit about that? Uh, we'd love to share a little bit about that. Um, you know, we thought we were going to retire in Pie Town, but when you love what you do as much as Alan and I do, pretty hard to do. So, and if you got to... nine horses, and if you got nine horses to feed, <laughs> well, well, there is especially that today, too, yeah, honey. yeah, especially um, today. So we've recently updated all of our our um, our training courses. We call them now. They're in downloadable form. We have lots of new stuff going on. And um, it's going to kick off on our website, imaginehorse.com, the 1st of October. And the 2nd of October, I'm going on vacation and leaving Alan with it. So, <laughs> But uh, we, we've uh, come up to speed with the, the new age of uh, communication and advertising. And we, we have so many new products for folks. I can't even... I, I can't even really describe it, but it's all going to be available October 1st, and um, it, we call it our on, online trick horse school. Well, and I think that's pretty cool. And by the way, I looked up Pie Town, so it's a little bit harder to get to Pie Town than it, it was Austin. You know, <laughs> a little yeah. bit, a little yeah. different. Yeah, but it's a beautiful drive. Well, it's I'm all, sure it is. You're relative out here. Yeah, aren't you relatively close to the Gila Forest as well? Uh, about thirty miles. Yeah, that's pretty close. That is pretty close. Beautiful area. Beautiful we, area there. Yeah, we have uh, the biggest county in New Mexico. We have three thousand people and twelve thousand elk. Wow! 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 That is an ideal situation for some folks that I know. Really is. Really is. <laughs> well, listen, I want to go to a song right now by a good friend of ours called Junie Fisher. It's called Horse Like You. And when we come back, I have more questions for Sue Perfect. and Alan. Just a little bit on Saddle Up. Yeah. And I'm singing while I ride 
you have as well. Well, Suzanne and Alan, tell us a little bit about how the trick training and the liberty training would help a horse like mine that's just going to go trail riding. How? I, and it's yeah. really cool to watch the tricks, but how does it actually apply to horses that are used yeah, that's, trail riding that, or in you know, the arena? You, you, you phrased that just right when you said a horse that just does trail riding. Right. Well, we've run well I don't think it's just you... a trail horse. Yeah, by the way, I don't think it's just a trail horse. They're pretty pretty talented animals. But, okay. but go ahead. When we used to do these horse expos, we would put on demos throughout the day, and it'd be part of the entertainment at night. And then hundreds of people would come to our trade show booth. And more often than not, people, you know, we'd always say, well, what do you, what do, you do with your horse? And they'd kind of look down, and they'd say, oh, well, you know, he's just a trail horse. Well, the reality mm-hmm. is a trail horse has got the most important job in the world, much more Absolutely. important than a horse in a, in a horse show that's going to go, to, you know, walk, trot, canter around a rail. A trail horse right. will take you places that you would never go by yourself, and more importantly, he will bring you back safely, okay? So when we teach horses tricks, and really uh, tricks is not the best word to describe it, but what it is is some unusual behaviors, and you put the horse in some unusual situations, you know, asking him to do things like climb up on multi-level pedestals, maybe walk a balance beam, maybe sit down on a Frisbee, and sometimes uh, we teach horses to retrieve objects. We have a Frisbee with a little gripper tab. You can throw it, and the horse will pick it up and bring it back to you. 
you're on a oh, trail well. and your hat blows and your and your hat blows off, wouldn't it be nice if your horse would reach down, pick up your hat, and hand it back to you? All right. Oh, that would be we've pretty done cool. that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so what the what uh, this this practice at home in these unusual situations prepares the horse to accept and and look for your leadership in unusual situations. Uh, okay. I just posted some pictures on my Facebook page of a little young colt, a yearling colt, and I'm teaching him to step up on a multi-level pedestal and then do a complete 180 on a very small 24-inch uh, level top, okay, and then step back down. And we have run into that situation wow. on a trail before where you start to go up a trail and you might climb up a little rocky ledge and all of a sudden you realize, uh-oh, this isn't the right way to go. Let's turn around, go back down the trail. And so uh, we uh, used to write for a magazine called Trailblazer for five years. And the, the byline yep. of the articles was taking tricks to the trail. And we always tried to emphasize the practical application of what looks like tricks uh, can really be utilized in, uh, you know, situations. It, it could be a life-saving situation where you don't even, the horse saves the day and you don't even realize the day was just about to be lost by, by, yeah. by riding a, a confident horse that knows what all, that pays attention to what all four of his feet are doing, you know, in an unusual situation. Sue, so want to pick it up from there? Well, well, what we're trying to do is is uh, come out with a horse that's predictable, adaptable, and that absolutely has an understanding with us. So I've been in a lot of situations on the trail where I've said words to my horse, and it's a familiar word or a phrase, and he knows that it goes with a particular action. And it's so ingrained um, to respond to your requests and to have faith in you and look to you for leadership that you've got a safe horse. And that's what it's all about. All of our trick horses, we have nine horses. Eight of them are fully trained trick and exhibition horses. And they're our saddle horses too. They've taken us all over the West. And I am uh, so blessed to say we've never had a mishap. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, and I think that's really what people need to understand. When they see a horse that's sitting down on a big villa, that, that's a pretty cute trick. But there is a purpose in that, isn't there, Ellen? Yeah, well, there is, we call it. Uh, go ahead, honey. Okay, we call it a trick of agility. And, and, and what it does is a horse, when he backs up and sits down on something, he doesn't know that that's not the ed edge of the world and he's going to go off the, off the far side, but they learn to trust your judgment and, and to sit down. And funny thing is it's not a pillow. It's a beanbag, big giant ballistic nylon beanbag. And, uh, which is a trick I innovated about the year 2001. I, I, wow. I don't think anybody ever used that as a, as a stage prop before we started, started doing it. Uh, but it becomes what we call a self-rewarding behavior, just like stepping up on a pedestal. Now, we don't know why horses like standing on a pedestal, but they do, because you, you turn a horse loose in a ring and walk away. 20 minutes later, he, he, he'll be out there. And he's got his front feet standing up on a pedestal, you know, looking around. Right? It might be because it makes him there. It's a true story. Uh, it might be because it makes him taller. 
might yeah. be because there is uh, some chiropractic advantage when they elevate the front end and they shift the weight to the big muscles in the back, right. and so they find they find it right. they find it more comfortable. Relaxing. Uh, yeah. Sitting on yeah, sitting on a beanbag seems like a kind of a funny thing to do. And when we first started in, introducing this as a trick and as a product in our product line, these big ballistic nylon beanbags, people would worry. They say, well, well. If if I teach my horse how to sit down, is he going to do it when I don't want him to? And I used to say, oh, no, 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 it, it, it's a trick. You have to cue him for doing that, okay? Until one day we were doing a little thing called the Best Little Cowboy Gathering in Texas. And I thought, well, I'll do something different this year. We've done it several years. It's kind of an informal thing. And so I said, I'll ride one horse and, and, and guide the other two Liberty horses through their act from the back of a, another horse. So a couple girls bring in the two Liberty horses and I ride in the arena and I turn to face the audience to, to, you know, to, um, uh, um, um, just to introduce, to introduce myself and everybody's laughing. Well, my, when, when the audience is laughing and your back is turned on your horses, you know, something's going on. So I turned around <laughs> and looked and one point, one of my horses went over and sat down on a beanbag and was rocking back and forth, scratching his butt. Okay, <laughs> so I had to, I had to change my tune because sometimes they will actually sit down uh, on, on completely on their own because it's a self-rewarding behavior. And all of the horses that we have have been doing this since the day they were born. Uh, we use a beanbag as part of our imprinting, uh, you know, yeah. procedure. You know, within the first hour of being born, we gather the fold up in our arms, sit down and dry them off with the towel and, and pet, you know, touch their ears, touch their nose. And so they think that, that the, all horses grow up uh, sitting down. They, they, they don't know that it's an unusual behavior. They just think, Oh, well, that's what all horses do. <laughs> I guess. Well, and I think that the, that what you just mentioned, imprinting a foal early on is extremely important because I've done that and it works well. And I'm, I had a, I'm thinking about a little Palomina filly that I had. I bought her when she I bought she and her mama um, when the foal was like a week or two weeks old. And by the time I finished with that colt, she would follow me anywhere and through anything. It didn't make any difference, you know. And, uh, so I think that's important to be able to do those things. But I guess the real thing is, is that through all of this training that that both Sue and Alan do, it makes an improved horse. And as you said, you can be just a trail horse. And I always, always have a, a, a disagreement when people say just a trail horse. Yeah. But uh, it makes for a better horse and companion as you're going through yeah, life. So yeah, so we're we're on the same page there. You know, the name of our book is called the Trick Horse Companion, and that's what, that's okay. really what it's all about. You know, uh, yeah. there's no reason that a horse, no matter what his what his ultimate discipline might be as a performance horse, uh, he's not always going to be in the show ring or or uh, you know uh, um, out there making money or winning ribbons. A lot of 99% of the time, he's going to be at home with you. And, and just having a nice horse to be around that seeks out your communication. I'll tell you a real quick little story here. We published the book in 2014, and the first trick in the book is teaching a horse how to smile. And and, and then we oh, explain wow. why would you want 
Why would you want to teach horse how to smile? Well, he's really not smiling, of course, but what he is is he's curling his upper lip up, and he's telling you, hey, pay attention to me because I would like a cookie, okay? That, and so <laughs> the object, the, the idea is if your horse talks to you, and, and the best, the only way they can talk is by pantomime. He has to act out, which is, you know, something okay. that's on his mind. And if he raises his lip and looks at you and he's saying, I would like a cookie, and you give him a cookie, all of a sudden that horse thinks, man, that human is really not as dumb as he looks. You know, he actually listens <laughs> when I talk, okay? And so the, the, our goal there is to uh, create this understanding with the horse. Look, it, when you talk, I'll listen because we want to hope that when I talk, you will listen. So we try and get that two-way uh, communication going. So yeah, yeah. in 2015, I had the opportunity to raise an orphan fool, a job I would not wish on anybody because uh, it's so time-consuming. And one oh, thing right, that right. helped them. That helped a lot was was we had a refrigerator with a little pump and timer on it, and I put a tube in the over the wall of the stall, put a bucket in the stall, and about 10 o'clock at night I turned that thing on, and I could go to bed, and every 30 minutes some milk would be pumped into a little bucket and keep that full fed all through the night. And, oh wow! But by yeah by by morning that thing was out of out of food, you know it would run out of food, you know five or six o'clock in the morning, and when I would walk out to the barn at uh, when I walk out the barn in the morning, that little foal would come across the stall, and he would raise his upper lip and curl his tongue in a U-shape. And I realized that that was a something stamped in his DNA to tell his mother that he was hungry and he wanted something to drink. And so he was shaping his mouth like he would if he was going to suckle, okay? Wow. And so I realized wow. that's the that's the first trick in the book that a baby horse needs to know. And so it was kind of serendipitous that we put that as the first trick in our book. Wow. 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 Well, so we're just, well, tapping, we're just, just folks, tap, tapping into their instincts. That's all. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's, uh, that is, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Well, the connection that you have with these horses that develop by, by the Liberty and by the, uh, by the tricks, I'm going to say quote unquote tricks. Um, is very important in developing a, a, a companion for life, and uh, for many of us, that's been the case with our horses. We've we've had them for life, and uh, I guess we talked about this earlier, but we've buried a lot of horses out at my place, and yeah. you know, it's hard to lose one. It is hard to lose one. So we want to enjoy the time that we have with them, and for many many folks, for that sure. can be. 20, 30 years, you know, of companionship. So that is important. So you are starting. The new program begins October the 1st. Yep. And how can people find your program? Well, they can go to our website, which is imagineahorse.com. We have lots of links on there to contact us. One of the things that Alan and I believe in and have always done since we first met is make ourselves available, usually at no cost, uh, to help people with their horses. Because we have been greatly blessed along the way by folks helping us, and we are committed to helping them back. So if, go to our website and reach out to us. Our phone numbers are on there. Our emails are on there. Uh, it says, coming soon, imagine a horse trick training online school. 
So watch for that October 1st. And we're always here. All right. All right. And, and guess who's going to be on there October 1st? This guy. This guy. So <laughs> okay. I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that. I am looking Yay. forward to that. Well, Happy you guys are so much fun. You guys are so much fun, and uh, and it's been great to follow you all, over all these years. I got to tell this story real quick because the last time that you were on the show, yeah. uh, Sue, then I, had, yeah. I, I think I've shared this with you. I had a fellow named Gary yeah. Allegretto who was the first guest on the show, and I looked out the window, and my my favorite horse, <laughs> Rio was lapping the house and he just kept going around and around. And then I got Sue on and he was going round and round and round and I couldn't stop because I was doing the radio show. So as he soon as I finished, he did, I'm telling you what, but as soon as I finished, I walked out the door, I hollered Rio and here he came and put his head on my shoulder. And we just walked right back to the pasture. So very special, but I will never, that is a trick, and I will never forget that show. Never forget you on that show. So always thank fun you, to visit Gary. with you both. Well, thank you guys for being with us. And uh, imagineahorse.com. Be sure and check that out. And October the first, the new program starts. So encourage everybody around the world to be sure and visit imagineahorse.com. So God Sue, you, Alan, thank, thank you. you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. And we're going to listen right, to goodbye. a You're welcome. We're going to listen to a song from Dave Munzik. It's one called Forever West. We'll be back in just a moment. Thank you, guys. Underneath the bucking feet that roll on down the road. Time is standing sideways and oceans used to roll. See a sage and hope and space may be all that you see. But it's the place I make my home and here's what it means to me. It's wagon tracks that roll you back into another time. Looking for a treasure you think you're gonna find. High and lonesome out between her rivers and her peaks Just the wind that's filling in a breath inside of me Rodeo day, a big parade with everyone you know A past that you hold on to, a dream you can't let go Why Wyoming, Wyoming hard times. I've seen you at your best. Wyoming, Wyoming, I'll stay with you. I know you will stay forever well. It's a metal lark that it's flowers on your saddle Relay race, an Indian nation painted up for battle It's cabin by yourself, your neighbors branding them together Boom and bust, 
Settle Up America with Suzanne DeLorenis and Alan Pogue. We hope you have enjoyed the show as much as we have. We want to remind you that you can tune in to the Campfire Cafe and Settle Up America every Thursday beginning at 12 Central Time. And then join us for Live from Nashville on Saturday. And that show starts at noon as well. So thanks for tuning in today for the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. We remind you that you can listen to this show live at equestrianlegacy.net, and then you can listen 24-7 on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. Thanks for listening. We're going to close this show out today with a great song from Mr. Dave Stamey. It's called Tale of the West. Hey, starvation place on the patch of sand. The railroad ties and old rusty wire. Driving them T-poles through the hard pan. Hoping the price of feed wouldn't get no higher. Be horning tar on your shirt Coffee, tobacco, Corona salve Worthless dogs sneaking around everywhere And bad luck was the only luck we had It tell of the West Had a rural ride address Nothing very extraordinary, an ordinary tale of the West. Feeding cattle in a dry lot, beef pulp and blue mix, moldy hay, bony hip, sorry looking Bramer Cross, hoping they could gain three pounds a day. Tin roof on the barn, flapping in the wind. 
cotton, pink eye, and warble fly. Twelve cc's of terramycin. Just swinging our loops underneath the open sky. It tail of the west. Had a rural ride address. Nothing very extraordinary. An ordinary tale of the West. Those who've been there know what I mean. Lots of folks can sing this song. Living the romance, living the dream, trying to make a living, trying to get it on. It tell of the West had a rural ride address. Nothing very extraordinary, an ordinary tale of the West. An ordinary tale of the West.